honoring of Camden, New Jersey's own Tesla Bell as she sings Imagine the Process. It's easy if you try No Joel, no Daryl No watching Simmons fly Imagine all the traffic Wasted on this guy Imagine there's no TJ It isn't hard to do There's no Robert Covington And no pixel up too Imagine all the AC's wasting life away. You may say he was a tanker, hey, but he's not the only one. Ooh, I hope someday we join us. And no more trades for fake number ones. Imagine there's no assets and no cap room, too. Here in Doug Collins' post game, the shortest view in the room. Imagine one more second watching Spencer Hawes. You, you may say, was a tanker, mm, but he's not the only one. Hey, I hope someday he will join us. And no more trades for fake number one. Tesla Bell, ladies and gentlemen. Say the thing. 
Ricky Sanchez podcast. My name is Spike Eskin, along with a guy who has a heart and texted me very early in the morning to let me know that he was on time for his flight. That's right. That is Mike Levin. Wow. How you feeling, buddy? Kind of can't believe they let us back here. Again. Again. I've said it, uh, I said it last time we were here. Uh, I saw a bunch of bands that none of you are going to think are cool when I mention it to say that I, I saw here. Probably true. But I saw a Tool when I was like 19 right one, here. One for one. I saw Limp Bizkit twice. Three for three. I saw li uh, Slipknot two times. Batting a thousand. Fallout Boy, Dashboard Confessional. That's okay, that's better. That's better. No, that's good. And true story, the first date my wife and I ever had, we, we sat right up there and we saw Paramore, who I don't even like. But in the name of the date, I did it. So uh, welcome to the fourth live Rights to Ricky Sanchez yeah. podcast here. Yeah. Franklin Music Hall. We have a big show, Mike. It's cool. I'm... We've been teasing the special guest for a while, but... Oh, I, there's a special guest. I think you guys are going to like it. Yeah, I think so. And, and then there's the regular guest, which is just Mike Scott going to be here. Yes! Also, just wanted to shout out how good the Paul Green Rock Academy band oh is. Oh, my God! Unreal! So, the band probably doesn't know, but, like, every third day, I would text Paul, and I was like, they're going to be... Good, right? And he's like, yes, they're going to be good. Uh, it was wonderful. And the, the rendition of Imagine the Process, Eliza Hardy-Jones would be very proud. So good. So good. Just so proud. And uh, doing Amos and the Chefs, we was right. First ever live performance yeah. before Amos ever performed it. So It's uh, yours so now. Thank you, guys. You can take credit for that. So, uh, so we sit here, and before we get going uh, with, with the show... What's amazing, the timing of this, it is the Friday, it is the last Friday before the Sixers report to training camp. A Friday before, you know, we started this podcast six and a half years ago. Uh -huh. And uh, we embarked on three of the worst years to everybody else. To us, it was fucking awesome. I actually kind of missed it. But uh, yeah. we, we embarked on three of the worst record years in NBA history. And right here, Mike, w on the Friday before training camp starts, the Sixers are the favorite in the Eastern Conference. That's right. It's, it's been a ride, and, I, and I, as much as I want to say we're responsible for that... We are? A little bit? I think we are. I think we're also responsible for the bad stuff. Well, Colangelo we'll, deserved it. Let's sure. Just, well, that... Yeah. We real. I mean, we'll get into Retweet Armageddon with Ike Reese. Yeah. Uh... We really brought that on ourselves. Yeah, and yeah, And so I just yeah. want to drill down that we were responsible for both the good things and the bad things. Well, if it wasn't for Markel Fultz forgetting how to shoot, we would have never gotten Al Horford. That's so. right. 
And, and you know, for almost a decade now, we've all been talking about how much we appreciate the fact that he passes up a good shot for a great shot. It's, it's amazing. What's better than good? Yeah, it's great. That's great. right. So, uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to kick this off uh, with something we've been promising is the uh, Big Barker dog bed promotion. Yeah. Who wants to be There's a... Rebel. Who wants to be a dog? My dog Who... is so good looking. He is. So right there are two Big Barker dog beds. As you'll see, they support your joints. Uh, Look how supported your joints would be yep. on stage at the Franklin Music Hall pretending to be a dog for an hour. And you're going to be standing right there when Mike Scott comes out. He's going to see two people on a dog bed. That's what you want. Ike Reese was in the fucking Pro Bowl and he's going to be standing right there. For, anyway. Um, so so I, I didn't want to put a big Barker thing anywhere because I, I figured after last year you would know it. So Here's the thing. There is one seat in this place where on the front left leg, uh, near the middle of your chair, there is some duct tape and a plastic bottle cap. If that is there, you and one other person can come sit on stage. Who's got it? Who's got it? A lot, there's a lot of digging. Some duct tape. There's rummaging. On the left thing. I hear a lot of commotion. Just on the left thing, some tape. Who's got it? It's legitimately, it was definitely... This couldn't be going better. Yeah. Exactly I mean, how right on the left we thing, dreamt it. What don't left. you understand about the left thing? Hey, we got that ready! You can, do you want to bring anybody? Do you want to, you can bring one person. Who wants, he's, the friend doesn't seem to want to come, but he's coming anyway. Oh, come on, get out of here. And, Just of course, right. the reluctant friend, true to form, you has a man bun. It. Go over there, go over there. This way. This way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My God, your joints! How do they feel? This is Chris and it Ben is comfy, reclining. Just lay down. There you go. Supported. Oh, come on. Like they've never been supported before. Bigmarker.com/ricky is where you get it. So, so something happened last year uh, in the you know first couple of weeks of the season that made me very sad and made everyone mad at me because I was so sad about it. Yeah. The Sixers trade Dario Saric and Robert Covington for one Jimmy Butler. Oh, wow. 
oh, this is gonna go great. So I wrote a poem about Jimmy Butler and I'm wondering if you would like to hear it. Don't say Howard, the fuck, man? 43, I've been running from that my whole life. It's my podcast. Anyway, so I like to do sort of a call and response thing on this. And I know there's some kids in the audience, but when you say a bad word this time, it's cool, it's not gonna be held against you. Whatever your parent says, it's cool. So the way this is gonna work, the way this is gonna work is when I say, oh, you can put the thing up, put it up, there we go, all right. When I say good riddance, you guys are gonna say, fuck off. All right, so let's practice it. Good riddance. Yes. There we go. I tried to tell you all none of this was a shock. I knew it was a mistake when they traded Rock for fucking Jimmy Butler the newest kid on the block, an egomaniacal man-baby who couldn't hold Rocco's jock. Good riddance. Yes! There's nothing better than being right, I'm telling you. All right. Sorry, it felt so good. With country music and a minivan, in came this dork. While I was crying on the internet, everyone was popping a cork. We finally have a winner, that's what they said. But I knew we got a big old loser who's fucked up in the head. Jimmy Butler, good riddance. Mm. He pissed off everyone with the bulls and made Carl Anthony Towns wanna leave. He wanted to keep his stat line full. He makes me want to heave. He thinks he's a superstar, but we all know what's real. He's not a top 10 player. He's more like 10 spots behind Brad Beal. Jimmy Butler, good riddance. Yes. Congrats, Jimmy, you got paid. But everyone knows you're no Dwayne Wade. Soon enough, you'll wish you stayed. Have fun in Miami watching your career fade. You'll be seventh in the East, and we'll be six spots higher. We'll be trying to win a, win a ring while you'll be trying to retire. Waiters, Olenek, and an old has-been Pat Riley. It'll be such a mess. You'll be watching past his prime Dragic instead of watching TJ's full court press. Jimmy Butler, we all know for you, this is as good as it gets, is hitting a game winner in late November in a regular season game against the Nets. Jimmy Butler, good riddance. Thank you. The
some people use poetry for love. I use it for disdain. And that's how I am. I'm just so impressed we have a band. I know. Wow. It's wild. It's crazy. It so, really eats up the time that I would be using to say dumb shit. <laughs> well, it's your turn to say some dumb shit. That's right. It, it is time to give away some shit from Kinetic Skateboarding with a contest. A contest. Okay, so I need... Wait. It's a new song. Hey, you, get off my goal. Hey, you, get off my goal. Oh yeah, it's still going. Very funky. This is my first time hearing it. Yeah. So true story, Amos Lee uh, texted me one day and he was like, yo, me and the chef made a get off my gold song. <laughs> I didn't even ask him to do it, he's the best. I love him. Yeah. And I'm deeply worried about him. Yeah, oh yeah, he's gone, he's long gone. Uh, so I need, a volunteer to win some kinetics. To win some kinetic skate shop merch. And I would prefer someone who has been with us for a long time. Some OG, many, a lot of knowledge situation. There's a lot of cowards in the house. Holding up an Eagles has not gonna do it. Let's see. Who's wearing who's wearing some Ricky merch? Stand up if you're wearing Ricky merch. You want to do it? Let's see it. All right. Wait, is that Amos? That's someone that just looks like Amos. No, Amos is supposed to be here. Well, he's not that's trying not, to win the contest. That's not him. Okay. No, not you not. look too much like Amos, Sam. Yeah. All right. The guy in the Sam Hankey shirt. Oh, there you go. The lottery party. Come, yeah, on. come on up. Come on. Go, go stage right. Jack will meet you over there. Okay. Do we, have the, do we have the kinetic stuff? Oh, you're so, holding the kinetic yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm holding the kinetic stuff. Do you want me to show what it is, or do you want to wait till the end? Or? Show what it is! So I bought this the other day. It is the Band in Delaware kinetic skateboarding shirt. It's 100% cotton, which I'm normally against. Wow. Uh, but this is very soft. Very stretchy. Huge. Where are we going? Who's our guy? And what do we got here? Looks like a sweatshirt. Kinetic hoodie. People like a hoodie. Falls coming. And kinetic skateboard deck. A deck. I swear, Jack takes oh, him in the back and gives him a tour. It's not right. that far. You can stand right there. Stand I hate right when there, people yeah. don't hustle. All right, so this is John. John, say hi. Hey, everybody. How long have you been, have you been listening to the podcast? Since the beginning. The beginning. Before it had a title? Right around then. Around then, okay. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna start off, because I'm doing the Process Hall of Fame speech for Brian Colangelo's burners. We're gonna start off with some, some I'm gonna rip through some quick burner questions. All right. And if you get it right, we'll give you the shit. All right. All right, legend has it that the Sixers conducted such a rigorous interview process to replace Sam Hinkie as GM that they met with how many candidates, wait, before ultimately deciding on Brian Colangelo, who honestly, they didn't even realize was related to Jerry Colangelo when they hired him. Total coincidence. John, how many? 75. 75 is correct. Very good. Okay, 
Who was this Eric Jr. tweet directed at? Oh, boy. Oh, man. I sat next to you and this person at Beijing Olympics and saw you both being rude, nasty to little kid fan. Had to eat your pizza. Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union? That's correct. Really good. Very nice. Okay. What did Eric Jr. and enough uncone sources both say they would use to help them inflict violence on Joel Embiid? It's not the thing that they would injure him with, it's the thing that they, the method that they would use to do it. They would help, they would step onto this thing to achieve similar size. That's okay, the, the answer was a medium-sized ladder. Not too big, that'd be crazy. You couldn't go up a couple steps. Okay, those were those. Um, how many, time, how many more questions do you want me to do? Three. Three more questions. Name the two international players whose rights the Sixers traded to Sacramento in the pick swap trade. The two international players never played a game in the NBA. Arturis Gadaitis. That's one. And Luka Mitrovic. That's right! Wow. He got it. Huge. John. Get more questions. This guy's fucking amazing. Very impressive. Very impressive. Have you been to many lottery parties? Quite a few. Quite a few. What was the location of the lottery party at which Vlade Divac was cheered? Buffalo Wild Wings. That's correct. He jumped that one. Okay. Final question. Man, nah, might be too easy. Nah, I'm giving it to you. Because you've been doing good. What is the term that I use to describe Dario Saric work in the post? Clumpy flumping. Clumpy flumping is correct! John, you get it all! You get it all, John! What a, what a win! This ho the hoodie, the shirt, the deck. Do you skateboard? You will now! You better learn, buddy. Get some trucks and decks and grip tape. No other way. He's, no other way. Other way. Or, other way. Just go, yeah. Those are kids. Past the dog bed guys, not the yeah, band. they're like 15. Crazy. Yeah. So inappropriate. All right, you guys ready for some content? Content. So, uh, oh, actually, before the content, yeah. we have to take hold a break. Hold it, hold your horses. We've, we've gone too far with it's the a, content. It's a tease. You guys thought this right was Right after our sponsor, Bill Simmons. This is Bill Simmons of The Ringer Podcast Network. We have a new podcast we're announcing exclusively today at Live Ricky 4, Genius Corner, with Malcolm Gladwell. Every week, the smartest guy I know, Malcolm Gladwell, Ask the questions that other geniuses are afraid to ask. Is underwear necessary? Should basketball have a one-point line? Why aren't footlong subway subs $5 anymore? Is water overrated? Do dogs exist? Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, Xtube, or wherever podcasts are found. But first, Pearl, Pearl Jam. Guy on the front row laughed a little too hard at Xtube. <laughs> Well, 
I mean, that was the shortest one he ever did. Great job, Killer Cow. Yeah, Killer Cow. Keep it brief. Kelly Cow. All right, are you guys ready for some content? Content. We did a vote, and now we do a thing every year uh, that AU invented called the Process Hall of Fame. Uh, and of course, later on, we will induct TJ McConnell. Mm -hmm. Mike will take 27 minutes and induct Burner Gate. Strap in. Hope you pee early. And 94 WIP's Joe Giglio and Ike Reese will induct Retweet Armageddon. Yes. Our best and worst moment. Yep. But before we do, we wanted to take some time to talk about some of the things uh, that didn't get in this year that we, uh, that we love and that will get in sub subsequent years. Because it's a tight vote. Yeah. It was, was a tight vote. Uh, first one, we went to visit him last year in Minnesota, Mr. Robert Covington. A lot of, lot of Cove Cov jerseys on the Wolves. Yeah, which, man. Which, here, which I like. I, uh, you know, in the process, I think he was the first guy in the entire thing that I was like, fuck yes. Mine was Hollis. Yes. Yeah. Well, in an early podcast, uh, I remember saying, like, one of our little arguments was like, I'd keep Covington over Michael Carter-Williams. And at the time, it was a debate. Uh, and now here we are. So... Uh, Robert Covington, one of the key examples of the process, without yep. us doing what we did here in Philadelphia, a guy like him maybe doesn't get a shot to play as much as he did. Yeah. It was amazing to see a guy who could shoot on the Sixers. Yeah, because there weren't no. any, any of those. It was, it, like, it was like Elliot Williams and like, you know, assistant coach Aaron McKee. Yeah. <laughs> he, he would come out on the court and the shot would go in and I would be like, what is this? A three-pointer. So give a big hand for uh, eventual Process Hall of Fame inductee, Robert, Robert Covington. Yeah. I love that dude, man. Another guy, and, I, and, and in addition to the people that we're about to talk about, who <laughs> deeply felt you guys, like, having his back. Yeah, for sure. Except for when you boot him every time he, he played back. But that wasn't them. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next one was the confetti game. Sure. <laughs> Oh, man. They're, they're so, it's, look, it's yin and yang. Something funny and ridiculous and despair. That's our whole thing. Yeah, this was amazing. It wasn't even close to being a three-pointer. No. His, his, the foot was so obviously on the line. I was 100 feet away, 200 feet away. God bless that guy. Yeah, yeah. So the confetti game and uh, one of my least favorite Sixers of all time, Marco Bellinelli and oh. his fucking non-game winner. Congratulations oh. to the confetti game. Uh, the next one is the introduction of one of, our, uh, one of our characters on the pod, done by Mr. Amos Lee, Tony, Tony, to Tony. Now, I know Amos was coming tonight. Is he here? Is he back there? Oh, shit. No, he's not back there. Wow. Oh, he's here somewhere. Oh, no! There he is! Ladies wow. and gentlemen, Amos Lee. I don't know if he's coming up here or not, but I want you to hear one of his, his greatest moments. This came from this, this summer's podcast. This is when he told us a story about the shore. Every time I was down Mariner's Pier, it was 88. And um, we, 
we stayed at the plank, uh, Pink Flamingo. It was me, my cousin, and um, two, like two of my aunt's friends were taking care of us. We all went down, played ski ball, you know, shot our, shot the water guns down there, made all the tickets. At the end of the night, this lady comes up to me and says, yeah, well, how many tickets you got? So I'm like, I don't know, like 40. So I sold her my 40 tickets. She gave her kid um, a little teddy bear, right? And then afterwards, she comes up, gives me a little kiss on the cheek. She says, come on, baby, let's let's go down the boardwalk, hang out a little bit more. She's probably like 17, 18 years old. I'm from 12 years old. So like... <laughs> Uh, we went down, wrote, like rode a couple rides, and then we made out, and that was it. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, that was then. <laughs> That's a really nice story. Do you remember? Story, Do you remember how much the tickets were? How much did you charge her for the tickets? Nah, nah. It was like you know, she gave, I gave her the tickets, she gave me a little smooch. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Tony, Tony, to Tony, and Mr. Amos Lee back there. Wild. Way too famous and successful to be as involved in what we do. As, <laughs> Way as, too much. Yeah. I, went, I went to Yards for lunch on, before while I was waiting for the show to start. Uh -huh. And uh, just hearing the Philadelphia accent, when I'm back here, man, it never gets less funny. Yeah. I love it. It's great. Thank you. Uh, another person that didn't get in, that got a lot of votes, is the coach of the Sixers for the last six plus years, one Brett Brown. This is one of my favorite images that Zainab did when I mentioned that Brett looked like he aged like a president. In... That's very true. Deeply true. It's, I'm, I'm sad that Brett didn't get in this year because I, I do think that there's a chance that with so much, so many expectations that it could be maybe the last year and you could say that he's even like on the hot seat in He's some way. He's on the hot seat? I think it, you could say that it is. Ladies and gentlemen, the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, Brett Brown. Wow. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Ladies and gentlemen, the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, Brett Brown. Now, now you can see why TJ was the way he was. Yeah. at about 8, 30, 9 o'clock into a bar and like get this type of response. That's I've, right. I've come, in a, <laughs> I've come in at a good time. So Brett, admit it, you'd much rather be here than at lunch with a bunch of beat writers and my dad. 
This is true. This is true. And uh, you have heard the exchanges that we have had mm -hmm. in good fun and playful fun. But uh, to come into this environment, I mean, even out back, I'm hiding out back and I'm just feeling sort of the vibe and I'm seeing the, the, the stuff here. <laughs> and, you, you know, and you, and you come in and you know it's Philly when you can just come in and talk about a 17 and a 12 year old and there's not police. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, like, you know? <laughs> so, this is, uh, this is a fantastic environment and, and truly, uh, it, it's my pleasure to be here. We, I very much, we very much appreciate you. Thank you. What is, what are your thoughts on winning, say, five championships and still having a losing record? <laughs> <laughs> The, 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 the fact that uh, you can dig that type of a hole is, uh, I guess we have made, I have made possible. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> somewhere there's an inverted accomplishment. I'm not too sure. Well, it's, so talking about that, uh, we were talking on the podcast the other day, and I asked Mike, if you had asked fans and people around the league if when this started, do you think, what are the chances that the coach that we're hiring now will be the same coach as when this team is the favorite to win the conference? What do you think the odds of that are? And we thought that the odds were, everyone would say, really, really slim. If I ask you, as a neutral observer, what... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what did I've you been, think... I've been called worse. <laughs> yeah. Well, just, I, I mean, what, what, what did you think the odds were that you would go through this and, and su survive it to now? The, uh, I mean, we all sort of understand that it would be whatever is really small. And, you know, <laughs> you know, Touche. Touche. The, you know, it just, it just doesn't happen. It's pro sport and you come from a family that gets it. I mean, I, I left a man that, I think he pop is the longest tenured professional coach at any league in any continent or country. And so, yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. You know, and I will say when we all, because you, you, you've lived this with me, and when we all sort of look in the rearview mirror to, to, to remember, now I won't go through it, I'm, you know what I know, to, to remember the, the, the instances and the seasons and, you know, the navigation of the controversies and things like that, you know? Just in controversy. specific controversy. Yeah. Controversy. Yeah, it's probably best you to know? use a blanket term. <laughs> you know, and, and to, be, to be here now and... We, we, we know, we have the best team that we have ever had since we've been That's here. right. That's, that, that's that. that. That is that. So, to, to look back and now look where we are, it's, um, it's a good day. Have, have you ever actually said, trust the process in a quote before? Because you say spirit a lot. Yeah. A lot. 
You say yeah. culture a lot. Yeah. But you've never said trust the process. On purpose. On purpose, yeah. I, I, feel, like, I feel like it's an uh, it's appropriate phrase. Yeah. It is an appropriate phrase. That's why we used it. And, you, you know, Sam, Sam, Sam took off with it. Sam, Sam took off with it. He, um, you know, was so gifted in, in, in so many ways analytically and all that. And he, he took off with it. And then Joel sort of clawed it back in. That's right. Um, and it, it lived and it's, it, it will never go away. And I think it's actually an appropriate phrase. Yeah. <laughs> this is what they do. This That's is what they do. <laughs> It's all good. Ah. <laughs> all right. Was there ever a time in the first, say, three years of this that you would look at the team and not know everybody's name exactly? <laughs> so. I'm not going to tell the whole truth in relation to the name, the, sure. ex the exact name, but I will tell you a story that is true as it relates to your question. Mm -hmm. Okay, that works. I'll okay, we'll tell you, it's as good as I can get. Surprise guest, so, so you make the and, rules. And we're gonna, we're gonna call the person Larry Jones. Mm -hmm. Casper Ware. We're, I'm in <laughs> <laughs> He's actually now for the Sydney Kings. Yeah. He yep. plays in Sydney, Australia, right. doing well. So <laughs> we're, in, we're, we're in Denver, and um, obviously on the road in Denver, and, and Larry, what did I call him, Larry Jones? Yes. Larry Jones. Larry Jones. Darius Johnson so, Jones. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm furious, I'm furious at Jakar, and I love Jakar. Mm -hmm. Jakar, that was back in those days. Yeah. Jakar, yeah. He, he, I mean, Jakar, Jakar came into our gym when, when we would work out anybody, and we would work out anybody, and he came into the gym, and it's like this bouncy athlete from St. John's. He got a wide smile, he's got charisma and personality, and he played hard. I think I even made him a point guard. Like, yeah. We talked about point car a lot. Yeah, we talked about point to car a lot. It's almost like you're like we go and with welcome to the team, you're starting, or welcome to the team. You used to be a power forward, now you're a point car. <laughs> and so I, I, we're in Denver, I'm upset at Jakar, and I'm screaming down the bench, Larry, get him, you know, Larry. And Two of my assistants like try to sequester me and they're, you know, sort of embarrassed for me. And it's like, no, 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 it's John. It's John. <laughs> and I'm pointing, Larry, do you not hear me, Larry? It's an NBA game. And uh, <laughs> true. Lots of, lots of times. The thing that you don't know is that these people are so crazy, they're gonna go through tape. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna go through tape. And we're gonna figure out who it was. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you will. I just going going back to the to the beginning six years ago. Uh, some prominent media types were very upset that the Sixers hadn't 
hired a coach come like August. Yeah. They were very upset about it uh, because the administration and the GM was taking their time to make an informed decision. Do you think if they hired you in July that the Kawhi shot wouldn't have gone in? <laughs> Do you want me to even attempt to answer that? <laughs> well, we do want to. We do want to know the Kawhi shot from your perspective. I think healing and talking about it is part of the part of the process. It is. Yeah. We haven't we haven't heard too much about where your perspective and how you move on from that. Um, I, I did a, I did a coaching clinic. Well, today's Friday. I did a coaching clinic on Monday, and excuse me. We we had tw think about this. We had twelve hundred. My first year, we were at Lower Marion High School, we had 80, right up the road. Um, and my second year, we were at, at, at PCOM, and we had like 115. And sort of my years doing this, we've swelled up to 1,200 coaches in the tri-state area. And I'm, I'm proud to be able to talk to them, like boys, girls, men, women, I feel like I'm getting to 12,000 kids, each coach, 10 players, it really is a chance for me to try to leave something behind and, and help a coach. And we're going through that and I'm in front of them and lots of times you just come out and you just roll. You don't really, I don't, you know, have a, like a pre-constructed script. You just go. And, and I walked out and, and I started with your question and it went something like this. You know, the, you, you can see it, the ball goes up and I think when I explained it to them, and actually this environment's even more appropriate to explain it, like all, I grew up in the woods, like I grew up in Maine and I love, I got my Jeep outside and I love camping and that's sort of my world. And you look up and you sometimes, if you've ever done that, as city folk, you, you look up, you see a beautiful full moon in a pitch, pitch black sky and it's just sitting there. It's the first thing that came out of my mouth and I see Kawhi shot it, I felt like it almost hit under the rim and, and it, an incredibly awkward miss and then it's just sort of sitting there and time felt still. And the horn goes off and the ball goes in and I don't blink and I walk straight to the locker room, I shake Nick's hand, I pass Kawhi who I coached, I see Joel's face, I go straight into the locker room, I sit down, I quickly take off my suit. If you see the post-game press conferences, normally the league makes you wear a suit. I did not, I had my sweatpants on. And we all did. We spent the next 30 days in sweatpants here. In yeah, you know, and you just think, like you just sit, you just sit in there in a trance. And then you, you go into a locker room and there's really not, and I don't mind this at this stage of my sort of co coaching career, sometimes there's nothing to be said or there's nothing to be said at that moment. And that was one of them. And it was, I, I've said to the media a few days ago, I, I lived through Derek Fisher, you know, point four shot, I, I'm there and that, that knocked us, ultimately knocked us out of the playoffs. We were about to win our fifth NBA championship in Miami. You know, you, you, you're up, 
you're up, I think, five points with 20-whatever seconds left. And so, you know, Ray Allen hits the shot. I've lived through traumatic kind of shots, but they're really, if I'm honest, was nothing more painful than that shot that I don't appreciate you bringing up. <laughs> okay, Mike. Do you mind if I cry right next yeah. to you? Yeah. So until Elton, uh, well, and, and even through Elton, you have been uh, the, the public-facing face of this. You know, Sam didn't talk a lot. Brian didn't talk a lot. It was up to you to answer for things that maybe even weren't your uh, responsibility. And it's a good face. Yes, it's a great face. I'll say, when you did that lunch with the beat writers, it must have been horrible for you, but great for them the other day, but... Uh, when you said the thing about Smash Mouth offense, and I could hear your voice, the accent, it was, it was wonderful. But through all that time, through all those questions, is there one question that you've been repeatedly asked that you just wish could never be asked again? I mean, can I, can I lump them into like a bucket? Yeah. Lump, lump it. Lump it. Uh, okay. Joel's health. Ben's jump shot, sure. jump shot. My, my, my hot seat. <laughs> I told the beat, I said, I've been fired every year I've been here. It's like, <laughs> like <laughs> you know, you can pick whatever, pick whatever temperature you want for my seat. It's not my, my, my concern. <laughs> you know, th th those are always, you know, as we live. And then, you know, somebody might throw in a Sam or a Brian, like, the, the ones that sort of don't go away are that, but, but I do understand it. Like, I, it's, it's um, um, as you get older and you do this more, you, you are aware that, that content, you and your world, like the media, you need content. People strive, they seek, they gotta find something to tell a story on. And I would think, you know, if, imagine if you're a day-to-day -day guy that's gotta come on and like, you know, find something and then roll with it with some level of, you know, intellect and passion, that, that's hard. And so these are the three questions that come up a lot. And as I reminded the media group, I'm sitting down on Wednesday and I'm looking out at 40 journalists and I told them just like I just told you, when I read that I'm on the hot seat, I'll know that somebody just was a little bit lazy and there's nothing else going on. Because, <laughs> <laughs> right, this is, uh, you know, th th this, is, this is like saying we got a problem in, with the Israelis and the Palestinians. It just goes on and on, right? So. Well, I got a question you might not have been asked before. Was it a choice to have the most handsome team in the league? Did, you, did that factor in Horford, Matisse, yeah. Raul Neto, Embiid and Ben? Josh, it's a good-looking team, Brett. People are talking about it. And your assistant coaches through the years, Lloyd Pierce, handsome man, Ime Udoka, now handsome man. What is it about good-looking men that the Sixers can't stop quitting? I, 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 I don't know, but I, I will say this, because that's not on my radar. Sure. As you, as you can, right? Sure. When, when my wife says exactly what you just okay. said, like, you know, you sort of pay attention a little bit, but <laughs> it's like, 
There, there is no uh, method to the madness on the selection of our <laughs> okay. talent rules the day. Okay. Uh, one last basketball question before we get to a, a couple of things. Uh, one, uh, one surprise of you for them and then one surprise of us for you. Is, was there a point last year during the Nets series when you guys started uh, Greg Monroe in a playoff game that you sat at home uh, or even in the locker room and you're like, we're starting Greg Monroe in a playoff game. <laughs> I'm sorry. Come. I mean, he wasn't even on the team three weeks before. It was crazy. I mean, this is the life that we have lived. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I wanted to reveal something uh, about tonight that no one knew. So. When everybody walked in, they got a little red drink ticket and it, it paid for a beer. And I wanted to let everyone know that the man that uh, bought your beer Again? is Brett Brown. Are you saying four more beers? <laughs> yeah. That's not bad. Well, we are, you are the only Sixers coach in my lifetime that I've liked. <laughs> and, and so we wanted to give you uh, a treat that yeah. uh, you also might hate, but we will love. Yeah, so what we're doing tonight, we have, we have two missions tonight. The first mission, is, uh, is Mike Scott will be out here later, who has very quickly become a, a fan favorite. But the other thing is we do is yearly, we, we do a thing called the Process Hall of Fame. And we vote in a Wrights Ricky Sanchez moment, because we really only care about ourselves, a Sixers moment and a Sixers player. And, uh, and TJ's getting in tonight, and Joel got in last year. And um, we wanted... Uh, also, if the, you'll the, look, pick, the pick swap got in last year. The pick swap. Which was very in, exciting. Yeah. We wanted to let you know, if you look behind you, um, that tonight, in front of everyone, we are inducting Brett Brown into the Rice Ricky Sanchez Process Hall of Fame. Everybody have a hell of a night. We're gonna have a hell of a season. That's right! Give it up for Brett Brown! Wow. I mean, look, this shitty little podcast in two straight years has had the general manager of the Sixers and the head coach of the Sixers surprise you at the live, Ricky. That's pretty good. Come on, man. That's pretty good. 
So now it's time for the Process Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Are you ready? Up first, to induct Burnergate. Which is, I hope Brett Brown is running out of the building. Yeah. This one's not for you. Someone get him out of here. Get him out of here. Is Mike Levin, ladies and gentlemen. Just to get it out of the way, I am going to say dumb shit on this podcast. <laughs> Unprofessional shit. Oh, no. Shit that hasn't been corroborated or even suggested. <laughs> if you're looking for a podcast with journalistic integrity, you've come to the wrong place. I said those words on the Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast the day after Ben Dietrich's story dropped on a uh, sports and culture website. <laughs> and in listening back to all four, four, Spike, four podcasts that we did between the time that the Burner News broke and when the law firm specializing in these kinds of things, <laughs> what things? Honestly, I would love to know. When they finished their investigation and the Sixers finally accepted Colangelo's resignation, I can confirm I did, in fact, say a lot of dumb shit. But this is a dumb thing. The sands of Sixers history are littered with beached whales of weird shit. <laughs> Fultz, Zaire, Bynum, etc. But this is by far the dumbest. A multimillionaire with near autonomy over a basketball team doesn't need to create burner accounts to argue with fans and leak sensitive information about the players. The fail son of a narcissistic Skype-using Joe Arpaio donor doesn't need to throw his spouse under the bus in the most scathing in public, my wife, of all time. And most importantly, they didn't need to censor the word but. They didn't. It's crazy. But all of this did happen because, well, here we are doing a Sixers podcast at the former electric factory, proving I'm living in the dumbest Truman show imaginable. <laughs> Burnergate is getting inducted into the Process Hall of Fame, despite the fact that the story is not over. We don't know who Dietrich's source was. If 
at Sixers Enough ever decides they've been uncone for long enough, maybe even tonight, we'd love to have you. We would love to have you. Honestly, that's a better guess than Brett Brown. I'm sorry. <laughs> we don't know, or at least I don't fully accept, that Barbara herself ran all of the Twitter accounts and the Liberty Ballers accounts and whatever other forums they posted on as a gay, paralyzed, parking attendant, Mark Aguirre fan who claimed Brian was a classy guy, in fact, too classy to even engage. And we don't know why they censored the word but. B pound sign ampersand T. Doesn't make any sense. Now it may seem out of place for the Colangelo Family Crime Syndicate to make the process Hall of Fame at all, since they ostensibly ended the process in its original form, and still balling Colangelo, the oldest Colangelo, openly claimed that Spike and I lied about donating lottery party money to charity. Which is cool. Which was a cool, cool color on still balling. But when you think about it, there is no more process story. Our downright refusal to move on and find a new slant <laughs> from the hinky and process philosophy caused one of the most privileged men in sports history to set his career on fire, middling as it was, in order to shitpost about his predecessor or how the Chever Booker trade was actually pretty good. <laughs> and then Sixers Twitter, which along with Beyonce's Beehive, are the only galvanized internet mobs that aren't white supremacists. <laughs> Absolutely true. Uh, the Sixers Twitter mob sleuthed and connected the dots that ultimately did what Hinky could not. Undo Dave Silver's meddling and run the Colangelos out of town for good. Because Burnergate is a story as all things are, about us. So, since Barbara Bottini or her wine-drunk friend with a vendetta against Brian and beans to spill could not be here themselves, it is my privilege to induct the Colangelo Bernagate Affair into the second class of the Process Hall of Fame. Oh, he man. Well done. Well done, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Levin. So also, we are inducting something that is very close to all of our hearts, one of our best moments, one of our worst moments. Retweet Armageddon. Into the process, Hall of Fame. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to invite 94 WIP's Joe Giglio and 94 WIP and former Eagles Pro Bowler, Ike Reese, to induct Retweet Armageddon. Well, first of all, we can't share mics. I don't want to share a mic with Joe Santa Giglio. are you kidding me? 
I need my own mic. Thank you. There we go. You ready, Ike? I'm ready, Joe. Well, how's everybody doing tonight? I said, how's everybody doing tonight? Don't put me on no damn stage and give me a mic. I got a script here. I'm going to try to stick to it as best as I can. Joe, get us going, brother. You guys are all fucking crazy. I have never been sure, more sure of anything in my life. No, seriously. 100% fucking crazy. You guys are crazy. And listen, I love you all. I really do. But I got to tell you, coming in here tonight, <laughs> I'm more scared of being in this room with you all. And listen, I played in the NFL for nine years. I actually had to work with Spike's dad, Howard, for two and a half years. <laughs> he wasn't scary, that was just torture, that's all that was. Yeah, he wasn't really scary, that was torture. But in all seriousness, you guys are scary in a, in a good way. Because the way I see it, you guys are scary because you protect what you believe in and what you love. And there's nothing wrong with that. So my experience with you guys happens on Wednesday nights when I host Rights to Ricky Sanchez Radio with Spike on WIP. And we'll, we'll talk about some normal WIP stuff like Brett Brown and timeouts or Ben Simmons and his jump shot. And one of you weirdos will call in and decide to talk about Nerlens Noel's Vorp or give me some sort of jigsaw about whether or not I want to eat soup with boogers in it or I have to walk backwards everywhere. <laughs> what? Ike, that really happens. Yeah. I walk backwards everywhere. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think back to the first time I had an encounter with you all. And um, everyone here? Well, I don't know if it's exactly everyone here, but I'm assuming it is everyone that's in here. Now, we were at the 2016 lottery draft party, right? We all remember the lottery draft party. And I've had the pleasure at being at several of those things. We remember Joel and B. We remember that night where, where it looked like when he realized he was coming to Philadelphia, that he somehow came down with some type of, I don't know, virus or something that he was like, what? But I was there that night. I was there tonight, we got Ja. But the, okay, okay, free Ja, free Ja. <laughs> ja stinks. It's vegan Ja, vegan Ja now. But there was never a night like the night we got the number one pick and Ben Simmons, we knew he was coming. Now I gotta be honest with you. I wasn't the biggest Ben Simmons fan, right? Oh, no. But that didn't matter. That doesn't matter. The fact that we won the lottery finally and got the number one pick, I mean, literally, I almost killed Mike that night. I, almost, I, I jumped on Mike and almost threw him off the balcony. And it was out of pure excitement. But come on, Mike, be honest. I gave you a story to tell to your family and friends. Family, I love it. I do it again. Right? <laughs> Right? He even excused me for like, I sort of was dry humping him <laughs> that night. Don't tell anybody that. That's just, 
We had a couple of Shirley Temples that night, right? Absolutely. Yeah. But the rest of the world, I mean, look, that night everyone found out what this was all about. But the rest of the world truly, truly found out that you guys were crazy. On the night of June 17, 2017, that day, the world discovered how petty, vengeful, full of free time, and obsessed with being right, you are. That was the day, of course, that the world learned of retweet Armageddon. You, you guys are cheering and clapping. That was a, that, that was a horrible day for me. <laughs> we've all been there, right? It's all right. We've been there, right? So we've all had our moments where we tweet something out and we think we're tweeting out something that's clever at the moment. <laughs> what does that say, Ike? What does it say? Uh, did we really have to put it up there? <laughs> the bull what? <laughs> so hold up, hold up. Was that fried bull penis or? <laughs> now give me... Give me a little bit of slack though here, right? First of all, that is the right take. <laughs> it is a take. The bull penis, I mean, not the bull uh, penis. Yeah. I meant the bull pen. The bull pen was cooked that night. That's what I meant. The tweet. As you can tell on the date of the tweet, I was about a year and a half into Twitter. I hadn't realized that when you do something with a hashtag, you should capitalize each individual word. That should read, the bull pen is cooked. Not the bull penis is cooked. So. <laughs> Needless to say, I'm pretty sure my boss was at the front of making sure I was a victim of retweet Armageddon that day. Thank you, Spike. Well, speaking of our boss, speaking of Spike, he found this tweet of mine, which, um, look, I, I guess everybody in this room probably had some sort of version of this, where we all were patting ourselves on the back because, you know, <laughs> the Sixers got Markel Fultz, and that was, that was gonna complete, we've all been there but it, that, it doesn't make that any less painful. That, that, is, that is tough to look at right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, what do you got there? It happens. But listen, retweet Armageddon wasn't just about wrong tweets, right? It wasn't just about bad tweets. It was also about teaching everyone a lesson that if you act like an asshole, we're always gonna remember, right? This wasn't some, this wasn't some lame, old takes exposed stuff. Like I typically expose some of Joe's old takes that are terrible. No, this was the end of the days for all the bad takes. People were gonna pay for bad takes. Retweet Armageddon was on. Okay, you're supposed to get excited when I do that. There we go. There, there we go. I thought you said these people were smart, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's not forget, this, this is the important thing. Let's not forget that being right has always- It's, it's all jokes, don't worry. It's, 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 I love everybody. <laughs> they know, Ike, they know you love them. <laughs> well, I gotta make sure I clear, I mean- Listen, know, let, let's there. not forget the important thing here, that being right is always, always very important in this room. And being right about the big things was the most important. We were right, we were all right about the process. 
We were right about Sam Hinkie. And nobody was going to be spared. On June 17th, in celebration of the Markel Fultz trade, hell was unleashed. And a storm of righteousness took over the internet. Perfect. Right, so at this point, we're just going to act like in the program, right, that, that we're going to completely ignore the fact that retweet Armageddon, no doubt, calls Markel Fultz to forget how to shoot. And it will yes. torture us for the rest of our lives. Right? We're going to act like that. It's not going to happen. But here's the thing. The Ringers, Danny Chow, who's banned, right? He's banned. He's banned. Sounds like he's banned. I yeah. He called it a peek into how insufferable Sixers fans are. Are you kidding me? David Roth on Vice, he called it a day of Twitter reckoning. Now, more than anything, it was a reminder to everyone in this room will never allow you to forget how wrong you were. And it was a reminder that if someone here likes one of your tweets, <laughs> just because they like your tweet, it doesn't mean they necessarily like your tweet. It just means they're saving it for later. That's right. The biggest moment, of course, as you can see, of retweet Armageddon was when Joel Embiid decided to take part. He spelled Armageddon wrong, but that, well, that word's hard to spell. Let's, oh, we let's, love that big guy, don't we? It's all right, listen. Of course, though, he retweeted Spike's dad with the addition of, Dario is never coming over. But we all know Dario did come over. We all know the process did get healthy. The pick swap, it really did matter. Right? And we also know that you, Howard Eskin, and others like you were wrong and we were right. They will never forget Retweet Armageddon, and you better believe it. They think about it every single time they open up the Twitter app on their, on their phones. And so with that, we induct Retweet Armageddon into the Process Hall of Fame. And we remind you, and everyone like you, not you, I mean those like Howard Eskin, we remind you that the Process Hall of Fame, we're always watching, we never forget, and most importantly, <laughs> we don't have time to do anything better. Thank you, everybody. and Joe Giglio. Ike Reese and Joe Giglio, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Had to hit him with one. I think that was the second one. It's two. Uh, so, for our final uh, Process Hall of Fame induction, we will induct one T.J. McConnell. Here we go. 
So there were two guys who best exhibited the process, and they were basically complete opposites of each other. Joel Embiid, who was inducted in the Process Hall of Fame last year, and TJ McConnell, who I induct right now. They're opposite in almost every way possible. Embiid was the number three pick in the draft and would have been number one if he wasn't injured. TJ McConnell was totally fine physically, but undrafted, and probably still would have been undrafted if he was hurt. <laughs> Joel Embiid is a center, TJ is a point guard. Embiid is funny in real life and social media and knows how to make people laugh. TJ is funny, but it mostly seems like he's being funny when he doesn't mean to be funny. We're sort of laughing with him and at him at the same time. And I mean, just look at him. Joel Embiid is a, a giant black guy, probably a little bigger than the internet says he is, and TJ McConnell is a tiny white guy, probably a little smaller than the internet says he is. But they're both the process. Just like Joel Embiid has been with us for a long time, learning and growing and feeling the same pain we have, so has TJ, and that's why we love him. That and because he showed up at Live Ricky One and made his wife mad and double-fisted beers and basically told Cleveland to go fuck themselves. I'll never forget reading the tweets from Jake Pavorsky, who has since retired from writing about basketball. Jake was about 10 years old at the time. Jake is still 10 years old. It was at training camp and Jake kept saying there was a serious chance that TJ McConnell would make the Sixers. I laughed. I was sure Jake had no idea what he was talking about. I mean, if you remember correctly, Jake would have taken Noah Vonley with the first overall pick that year. TJ McConnell was sort of the exact opposite of all of the guys that we were taking a chance on all the time with the Sixers. Every player in Sixers camp looked like they had some kind of upside. They all had long arms, theoretically were good at defense. Most of them could jump pretty high. We could all imagine them learning how to play basketball and be great. But that really wasn't who TJ was. The only t similarity that TJ had to those other players is that they couldn't shoot. In one of the only times over the last six years that I've been wrong, TJ McConnell made the Sixers team. I was actually kind of pissed off, but that changed. Now I fucking love TJ McConnell and he loves us. Without the process, TJ McConnell wouldn't be in the NBA. And without TJ, we wouldn't really have the process. Without Sam Hinkie deciding that he wasn't going to throw a roster spot to some grizzled veteran to make my dad happy, TJ, TJ wouldn't have gotten to be the starting point guard for an NBA team and go like two whole months without shooting a free throw. <laughs> he did, it happened, I remember. And just like TJ McConnell wouldn't have been here without the process, the process might not have survived without TJ McConnell. The guy that gets along with everyone and even cheers from the sideline when he gets benched for that fucking asshole Jimmy Butler. The guy that holds the locker room together when there might not have been anyone else alive who could do it. And TJ wasn't just a cult hero.
TJ wasn't just a cult hero. He wasn't just the white guy at the end of the bench. Slowly but surely, TJ McConnell got good. He's the guy that picks up full court. He perfected the move where he runs into the lane, runs under the basket, runs out of the lane, and just when you think he's gonna run straight out of the arena, he turns around and makes a 16-footer right in your fucking face. And a little-known fact is that TJ McConnell has never missed a 16-foot jump shot. He hit a game winner, still maybe the best shot since we've been doing this podcast, to beat the Knicks, and I was almost killed by a Joel Embiid chokehold after the game. And then there was the ultimate TJ moment, what we like to call the TJ game. A lot of times people say on the internet, we don't talk enough about this or that, but we really don't talk enough about the TJ game. May 7th, 2018, the Sixers were on the brink of elimination against the Celtics, and really didn't have anyone with the nuts to stop it from happening. So Brett Brown started TJ McConnell. I swear to God, this game is more amazing than you remember. TJ McConnell, undrafted free agent, scrappy little white guy who couldn't shoot, put the entire Sixers team on his back, and won a fucking playoff game. Would you like to see the highlights real quick. Consecutive trips to the Eastern Conference Finals. NBA playoffs on TNT, Eastern Conference semifinals presented by Hulu with Boston up 3-0 in this series. As we are ready to go, the semifinal round, game four with Boston up 3-0 and it is the Celtics trying to close out Philadelphia in a sweep, controlling the opening tap. Opportunity for Boston. Horford loses the handle. McConnell comes away with it. McConnell, we're going to pass. Simmons throws it down. Beautiful setup by T.J. McConnell. Who's a member of the of a Washington. Got his playoff case to his. McConnell is fouled. Tried to get things moving yes. for Philadelphia in this series, and he does it again right here. Team comes. McConnell's there, runs into a wall in Ojale, and somehow gets one up with a flurry of fakes. Reddick gives it right back. And McConnell all the way in. No, gets his own and puts it back. The quick jump from T.J. McConnell. You have energy plays like this, like this, it all tips your way. Look at the little fella. Four on three behind that blitz all night long. And Kevin, just to go back to the scoring in this one, as Simmons gets a pass from McConnell, he got deep. And that is built for the NBA, the rookie out of Duke, one year at Duke. Here's McConnell, steps into one, knocks it down. As you see, Tatum again, trying to go, trying to go through too many people. You gotta move that ball. McConnell gives it to Sharich, he'll pull a two, and he gets a friendly bounce. Gets it right back, kicks it. Two on the shot clock, McConnell gives it up, and Simmons throws it down! Just in time to beat the timer. Yes, it has, look, it starts off with this pass. He gets in there, I mean, that clock is going down. With a rebound. McConnell, crossover, gets by Rozier, and scores the layup! It's it down, and then look at it, he beats him, takes him to the hole, does a little <laughs> Rozier on Rozier. 
It has been impressive how Tatum has been able to take over the game in windows in this series. That's a big three by Sharp. Getting after everything. Chance to add to the lead for Philadelphia. Bellinelli kicks it. McConnell's wide open. 4-3. It's good. T.J. McConnell on the drive. McConnell scores. What a game. And what an answer. This guy, a, a hand right here. T.J. McConnell doing it all. Why not? T.J. McConnell having a night. No question. He just stands up. Moose Monroe goes by him. Lays it in. The best of seven in the NBA playoffs. But Philadelphia is trying to make a little history here and win it. So TJ left us this offseason and will play with Jakar Sampson and Malcolm Brogdon in Indiana. While I wanted TJ to be a sixer forever, there is a little poetic justice in him playing in Indiana. You can go see him with us at Fly the Process 5 on New Year's Eve. Fans of Philly can take your deposit in the back of the room. But TJ will always be one of us, not just a Sixers player, but one of us. He appreciated us like no other player did. He loved us, he loved being here like no other player did, and he struggled through the worst times, and he persevered until there were good times. That guy should never buy a drink in this city again, and if it's one of us serving him, we should give him two beers at once. So tonight, we induct TJ McConnell into the Process Hall of Fame. He beat the Celtics, he beat the Knicks, he said the name, TJ McConnell is a fucking legend. All right, it is the moment you have all been waiting for. Ladies and gentlemen, the newest fucking hero of the Philadelphia 76ers, Mike Scotts. <laughs> I like that energy. I like that energy. I like that. I like that. So uh, how does this happen? How in such a short time, you know, you, you got here at the trade deadline last year, and now you're, you're like a hero. How do you think that happens in such a short time? Oh. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know, man. I'm just, uh, I, I'm just myself, you know. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. I don't know, I don't know, I don't I said in the interview one time, like, this shit ain't, like, it's not fake. Um, you know, I've always been like this. Um, I've always never been a bitch. Um, <laughs> right, and, um, 
you know, I, you know, I just, I, I, I like the love the, the city gave me when I first got here, and I like to, you know, give that back, man. Hell yeah. Y'all some good people, man. I fuck with all y'all, man. That shit, I, I fuck with all y'all, for real. So, yeah. Hell yeah. I, I wanted to give you the chance to address the NBA's new headband policy. Oh, man. Come on, man. That's some fucking bullshit, man. That's bullshit, man. Come on, man. Come on. Do you want to tell the listeners at home what you're wearing right now? Oh, no, I'm definitely wearing this headband. I wear that shit off the court. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to get fined. I see all y'all telling me some, yeah, wear the headband so you uh, take the fine. Fuck y'all. I ain't taking that fine. Fuck y'all. <laughs> Fuck y'all. 15 racks, 15,000, 15,082 games. I'm not going to do it, so I'm just going <laughs> to fuck that. Y'all might see me outside, I might be wearing this motherfucker, but I'm not going to wear it in the game. So, uh, yeah, man, hell yeah, hell yeah, man, yeah. <laughs> see, you know, speaking of clothing, uh, one of the things that you're famous for is, you know, I, we all notice you wear uh, the hockey jerseys all the yeah. time, or jerseys. So we had a gift for you. Oh, shit. It's good. Now I want to say this, this has never existed anywhere. Wow. Hey, this, hey, this shit, this shit kind of match. It kind of match what I got it on. It does match. It does match. Mike Scott is putting on the right, he's running away. He's gonna and come out like Superman. He is wearing a writes to Ricky Sanchez hockey jersey with Mike Scott number one on the back, and here he is! Yes, sir. I looked at it like that shit kind of match. <laughs> How I look, it's straight, it's straight. I, 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 can get, I can get away with this? I can oh, get yeah. away. All right, all right, all right, cool. And now you have to explain the name of our podcast to other people. Yeah. All right, right. So, right, right. All right, right. I'll wear this shit in the finals. Damn right. Fuck that. Hell yeah. I'm going to drink to that. You, so you showed up to saw a random Philadelphia wedding because yeah. somebody reached out and said, hey, come. Yeah, I was at a, I watched rap battles. Like, I'm a big rap battle fan. So, uh, hell yeah, I be watching, I watched that shit since I was in middle school. So, I was at a rap battle. And, uh, <laughs> what, what they say? They say they want me to rap? Oh, uh, no, I don't, no. I, I play basketball. I don't rap. <laughs> That's the right answer. Yeah, I don't rap, I don't dance. I know my lane. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, I, I was at a rap battle and, um, you know, I, I was on Twitter, you know, kicking it, kicking shit with the fans. And somebody said, you know, pull up at a, uh, 834 Chestnut, and I was like, shit, I used to live there. That's the Franklin. Are we pulling up? <laughs> and uh, shit, I went straight from the battle, went straight there, and y'all saw it, man. That shit was crazy, right? That shit was dope, man. Hell yeah. They was all, hey, and they was already fucked up when I got there, so it was already, you know what I'm saying? The shit was already turned up, so yeah, man. They, yeah, man, they, they, they treated me good, uh, gave me all type of drinks and shit, so uh, man, shout out to them, man. Hell yeah. That's how you get it. Yeah, oh yeah. New, you're a new teammate. Kyle O'Quinn showed up at a couple bar and bar mitzvahs. Okay. Uh, are we gonna get like, what's next? Like Jonah Bolden at a bris? Like, right, right. See? Man, I done, I done had so many birthdays, bar mitzvahs. Can you surprise my uh, husband at work? Um, 
can and, you like, dunk, uh, and like dunk on them? Yeah, can 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 you put a can you put a verse down like crazy shit, man? Everybody want. I mean, I can't I can't do everything. I want, of course, I want to focus on the season. But uh, <laughs> you know, I was just I was just doing shit during the summer because that shit was fun. So yeah, yeah, yeah that shit was fun. <laughs> So, so all this sit, all this stuff, racing people at tracks, going to weddings, all this love. smoke disaster too. Okay, yeah. right, right, right. Slow start. I had a slow start, but I picked it up around the 50, and then I just smoked his ass on the way through. Where he at? Where he? I know he. Ah, there was my boy right there. Hey, hell yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, right. My partner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, does all this? Uh, you, you, actually, you mentioned you are a basketball player for the Sixers. Does yeah. all this love and all this attention, does it put pressure on you when you're on the court? Do you, do you think about that? Um, no, nah, not really. Um, I just really just go out there, play my game, don't try to do too much. Uh, man, of course I want to go out there and make every shot. Like, I don't want to be, like, ass, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to, yeah, I want to, I want to go out there and, and do what I need to do, but I just feel like, man, I, I just, you know, play hard, make the hustle plays, and, and do my job, and it's, it's pretty easy for me, so, yeah. You, you averaged 24 minutes a night as a Sixer, which was the most minutes per game you had in your career, mm -hmm. uh, which also coincided. Right. Uh, yeah. That's right. Shout out, shout out Brett Brown. That's right. Shout out Brett Brown. Yeah. Okay. Right. Which also coincided with you taking the most threes per minute okay. of your career. Do you think that, did you have to like change your mindset in a sense to like, to get that to that place? Yeah, I mean, shit, they was telling me, uh, shoot more, shit, goddamn. I was like, man, I, I mean, I mean, that's, I mean, that's my role, man. Get shots up, uh, be athletic, uh, get my hands dirty uh, if need be. Um, but just, you know, yeah, make the hustle plays and, and you know, do what it takes for my team to win. That, that's where I'm at with it, so yeah. yeah. So you mentioned getting your hands dirty, and uh, one of your most famous moments here as a Sixer in a short time is putting your hands on on something that most NBA players don't. We wanted to to show it up here. was the key late season acquisition for the 76ers. He was wearing a different uniform. Ilyasova Bellinelli gave them 23 points a game when they went 20 and three down the stretch and then in the playoffs duplicated the production. Here's McConnell off the nice save nice. and it pays off with a bucket. You got a sixer player, Matt Scott, three rows deep here at Foxer Four. And he might have taken a little sip of the beverage to get fueled up. He was getting uh, detailed oh, 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 oh. and foul. Yeah. Gonna go against Jimmy Butler. Let's take a few more look at Mike Scott a moment ago, Huey, going into the expensive courtside seats here and saying hello. Well, I'll tell you, I, I like this addition. Yeah, Mike was on those good Atlantic teams coming off the bench uh, when Coach Bud was there. But uh, this, you, you're hoping, A, you don't get a bad back. So. Do you want to take us through that? <laughs> oh man, that shit was hey, that shit was crazy. That shit was crazy. Oh, like sometimes I'd be like, man, what the like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? I think that was an Easter game too, and it was a Sunday, so my she was getting lit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, she. I dove in, which I didn't see. I got the steal and the assist to my man TJ. You see yeah, that? Oh, that's right. God. Right, 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 right. 
And, and I don't know, I just saw it. I, just, I, I caught a whiff of it. <laughs> I, caught a, I caught a whiff of it. I said, yeah, let me, let me get a little swig of this real quick. You know what I'm saying? I, let me get a little swig. She was cool, though. She was cool. I mean, I think Jack Daniels um, gave her, like, sent her a box of stuff. They sent me a box of stuff, so everything was cool, man. Yeah. That's nice. Hey, man. Yeah. Jack No Ice. It was de- she was definitely on Jack No Ice. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. So you're, you came to Philly from the Clippers <clears throat> mm-hmm. with uh, Tobias Harris and Bill yep. And they obviously have like a very viral friendship. Yeah. It's all, it's <laughs> Toby a and Bobby. Toby right. and Bobby. That's right. It's a big thing. And now like you're a cult hero as kind of the third wheel that was left <laughs> out of that friendship. <laughs> Do you take any joy in like out viraling them? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't try to try to out viral. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, it just sometimes the shit I be saying, y'all, y'all just just go with it, you know what I'm saying? I ain't no bitch and, you know what I'm saying, fuck with me and shit like that and, you know. But, uh, nah, that's, that, that's their thing. They got a nice little thing going. I like, I like their thing. I don't try to out viral them, but uh, I just, sometimes it happens like that. Yeah. Now, you mentioned Brett Brown, who was out here earlier. We inducted yep. him into the uh, Process Hall of okay. Fame and all that. Yeah. So what do you think, aside from he playing... Says, he says that, too. I said it in his voice. Can you imagine <laughs> if we get things wrong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you mentioned he, he played you the most minutes uh, of your career. What do you think is the, aside from that, what do you think is the best quality of Brett as a head coach? Um, damn, that's a tough, I mean, it's so, it's so many, man. He's just a down-to-earth guy. He's, he's kind of like me. He's genuine. Uh, they, that even sounds weird, me t- saying myself is genuine. But, you know, he's, he's a people person guy, man. He's down-to-earth, man. He keeps it real. He doesn't try to sugarcoat shit, but he's a, you know, he's a, he's a good dude. He's a good person, and you want to go out there and play your heart out for him, and he respects you. So, yeah, hell yeah. Oh no, he not. No, he not. You, you also like ringing the bell sometimes, don't you? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I ring it once. I ring it once That's in Brooklyn. Nice. In Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. So you t- the the shot in Brooklyn? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah. shot? Yeah, the shot. The shot. We have that queued up. If you want, yeah, if you want to watch it? it one more time. Would you mind I mean, watching? It? I mean, uh, I mean, I've only I've only watched it like ten thousand times, but I mean, we can yeah, watch it another time. One more time can't hurt. Look at TJ, look at TJ face. <laughs> Fucking red ass face. And then, and then what did you say in the post-game press conference? Uh, cashed out, man, I cashed out. Cashed out, man, cashed out. I cashed out on that shit. You know what I'm saying? Tobias gave a weak-ass pass to Joe, and that was a terrible pass. Why would you float the ball like that? What are you doing? Why would you float the ball like that? You can't do that. Just throw it to him. You sure. know what I'm saying? Joe made a hell of a play, and I just cashed out, man. That was it. That was it. I cashed out. I ain't even had to shoot that motherfucker either. I didn't really didn't have to shoot it. I just shot it anyway. Who probably would have missed that shit? <laughs> you wouldn't be here? Right. Yeah. yeah. God damn. 
fuck. We having fucking like Shake Milton or some shit. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Happy birthday, Shake. Happy birthday, Shake. Yep. Oh, it's a birthday. So uh, the guy that traded you is uh, Elton Brand, who, who came in Maybe. and did this show last year. Mm-hmm. Um, first time GM, went to Duke. Can you trust a general manager who went to Duke? Uh, <laughs> I can trust. I can trust Eb. He only did. He, he did one year. He did one year. Okay. I can trust <laughs> Eb. Number one pick. Number one pick. Number one. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can trust Eb. Eb's great, man. It's, it's just crazy how things just fall apart and just just comes together, man. You know, he went and got Al, and you know, I was trying to get Kyle, but uh, Kyle Corver, sorry. And then, uh, but but it didn't work. But man, he just he, he just put everything together. Man, shout out to Eb. I appreciate that. How does it? Yeah. We're pro EB. That's right. But the one thing about Elton is that he does seem to have a tall people fetish. Yeah. How, <laughs> how, what does it feel like to be one of the smallest guys on the right, team, right. weirdly? Right. And like when all 12 of the power forward centers are hanging out, yeah. does it feel like you're going to like terrorize a town in some way? Yes. 6'10", 6'7", 6'9", then what, Joe 7'2", Al 6'11". Yeah. God damn. <laughs> Fuck. Switch one through five. Got to switch one through five. You got to. It's so, yeah. switching four, 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 five, five. Yeah, all that, yeah. all that. Yeah. We athletic, man. We we ain't no we ain't no bitches. So man, we tall, man. We, you know what I'm saying? I like I like what we got going on. I like that. So I've talked to you by um, Mike Budenholzer once, and my only experience <laughs> with Mike Budenholzer. No, nah, no, nah, you don't. <laughs> well, okay, all right. Coach, no, nah, coach, he. He good, he good people. He good people. Well, he so, good people. So I was at the, uh, the all-star practice in Brooklyn. Okay. My wife took me. Uh-oh. And, uh, and I'm watching, and they have the coaches mic'd up, and it's the all-star practice, and he's yelling at them to get back on coach, defense. Coach Bud? Yes. Oh, man. Damn. Damn. Is he as joyless a, a hump as he seems like <laughs> from, like, afar, or is, is he different in real life? Uh, I think he's different. I mean... <sighs> I got arrested. He came from South Africa. He flew 18 hours and cut his time short with his family to come see my bullshit. You know what I'm saying? So, then, you know what I'm saying? That's that's the most thing I can think about Coach Bud. You know what I'm saying? Got that turned around on you, Spike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I didn't, he didn't release me. He didn't cut me. He stayed with me and that's, I mean, he's just a real dude. He he be having that funny ass face sometimes he makes, but uh, (laughs) he's good, man. He, Maybe, maybe that was a bad that was a bad a bad time with Bud. Maybe he was mad about something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he has that face a lot. Yeah. 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 He does. He does. He does. <laughs> so Al Horford has kind of been Embiid's kryptonite in some way when they played against each other. So and, I heard. And now they're teammates, mm-hmm. which was nice. Is there anyone in the league that sort of is a tough cover for you or always gets you that you would with like what would it be like for them to be your teammate? Al, Al's probably one of them. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always ask that when everybody, who's the hardest person to score? I would say Al Horford, man. He's, he's athletic. He's, he has defense awareness. He's smart. He knows the game. Um, good luck. Shit, man. Good luck trying to score on him. So, good luck. Yeah. Okay. You know, a lot of Sixers fans haven't liked Al Horford, but everybody in this room has appreciated him. For, you have to. You got to appreciate him. You got to. You got to. Yeah, you got to appreciate it. One of the most professional teammates I ever had. So, yeah. 
So while you, uh, while the Sixers were going through the rebuilding thing where they, they weren't We used to their... beat y'all ass. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I would ask what team you were on, but I don't think it mattered. Oh, man. Yeah. We used to beat y'all ass. Beat y'all at Like 30. Third, like 25, 30 when I was with the Hawks. We used to beat y'all ass. <laughs> Everybody. Oh, my gosh. But look, though, I will say this. The fans were still there. Uh, the team right. still played hard. We always knew that on the scouting report, no matter what their record was, Philly's going to play hard. I mean, Brett's going to have them uh, boys playing hard no matter who's on the court. Yeah. So, hell yeah. Got to respect that. Sometimes their name would be spelled wrong on the yeah. jersey. Yeah, or... yeah, It didn't matter who was on that court. They was going to play the right way, and they was going to play hard. So, got to yeah. respect that, even if we beat the shit out of y'all. Is it, <laughs> is it, like, what did people, what, what did players say about what was going on here? We're always curious. We, we were actually really supportive this time. This is where this whole thing was built during that. Yeah. So we, we respected where it was coming from. Where did other, what did other players think in other cities about what was going on here? Uh, I mean, everybody kind of knew y'all was trying to get that number one pick. It was a tough time, man. It was just something you had to go through and shit. I mean, look at us now, so. That's right. Yep. When you, when you got here, it was just so nice that you weren't Mike Muscala. Oh, yeah. In such a, y'all, so nice. Y'all killing all my guys, man. God no, damn. Because. My man Muskie, that's my first, partner, man. Your first game, you took like a one dribble pull up and I like inadvertently just yelled. Yeah. <laughs> Because I'd never seen anything like it from that position. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like, I like the. I mean, I don't feel like I'm a one-trick pony. I feel, I mean, I feel like I can shoot, but I mean, I feel like I can do other things, scoring the ball and yeah, well, playing with energy on defense and doing other things. But yeah, I mean, I can, I can mix it up. I mean, I'm, I'm from Virginia, so I mean, you know what I'm saying? Shit. What? I'm a hooper. I like to hoop. I like to just hoop. You know what I'm saying? What else have you been working on this summer? Uh, versatility, uh, guarding smaller players, um, shooting, trying to be more consistent, working on my, my form. So. so last year, uh, Giannis uh, won the MVP. In, you, in your opinion, <laughs> who will be a better player in 2019, oh, 2020, gosh, Joel Embiid or Giannis Antetokounmpo? I'll say this, if, if Joe can, um, you know, learn from Al, learn his mentality, learn his, you know, nutrition, rest, you know, work ethic and all that shit, the Al, <laughs> bro, he would be one of the best centers ever, man. That's it, man. He would. He really would. With Joe's talent and, you know, Al's mentality, if he just, you know, learn, just learn, just watch that. I would, that's what I would tell him. Just watch that man. Just watch him. <laughs> You know, with the skill that you have and, you know, Al's mentality and how he, you know, carries the game, he'll be one of the best centers ever. Yeah. What's, what's the vibe around the team going into the season right now? It's good, man. It's positive. Uh, everybody's together. As y'all see, we went paintballing today. That shit was cool. Uh, who's, who's trash at paintballing? Who's trash? Z Zaire is trash, man. He's trash, bro. He, he disappointed me, man. He's still no, healing. No, no, this is why he's trash. Like, if you get hit, you're supposed to put your hand up. Like, I'm out. He just put his hand up. He didn't even get hit. He didn't want to play. <laughs> I shot him anyway. I shot him. Hey, you, yeah, you hit. You hit. You hit. Get out. Well, you, you don't know if there's sunflower seeds or peanuts in the paintball. Oh. <laughs> I'm just saying, you don't know. Better oh, safe man. than sorry. Yeah, better safe than sorry. So, uh, you know, so it's been almost two decades since the Sixers went into a season 
where everyone thought there was a chance that they could win an NBA championship. We all think that right now. My question to you yeah. is that do you believe yeah. the Philadelphia 76ers can win the NBA championship this year? I do, man. I really do. I really do. For real. Yeah, yeah. We're so close, man. So close. I don't want to turn this into a fucking pep rally, but it was just... Well, yeah, too late. Yeah, all right, yeah, yeah all right. But uh, yeah, imagine we were so close, man. We was, we was that close, and I feel like, you know, we got better as a roster. I feel like we're deeper. Um, you know, we're about to get ready for training camp, so we really get to see, you know, how we're going to gel and go through preseason, but I mean, I really do feel like, you know, we, we definitely have a chance, man. How many teams can really say that and really like, actually really mean it? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Hell yeah. So you were, you were backstage as Spike was inducting TJ McConnell into the yep. Process Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. And there was a thing that we asked TJ. Okay. And it was based on a long time ago on the, in the podcast when I was, when, during the bad years, when you were beating us by 30 and 40. <laughs> Whatever team you were on, could have been UVA, honestly. Right. <laughs> and, and it was like, just imagine Sixers in the playoffs. At this point, it was Tony Roten picking up at half court, slapping the hardwood. Okay. And being, and like, getting ready to engage defense in the first round playoffs. And so, Tony Roten, no longer the team. TJ McConnell promised us that he would do it. He never did and it. And he never did it. Mm -hmm. I know slapping the hardwood is a Duke type of thing, but you have your pose. Your hands are awfully close to the ground during that pose. Could you give us one hardwood slap in a meaningful game okay. and look cool doing it? All right. <laughs> it, had to, yeah. it had to be at the right, yeah. I had to hit like a crazy three or a dunk or something crazy, push them out of your, yeah, yeah, all right. Okay. All right, okay, all right, all right. Um, so before we ask you to say something that we ask, uh, we want everyone to say, okay. I wanted to tell everyone something that, uh, that you're responsible for. Um, so everyone in this room uh, is gonna get two tickets to the October 8th preseason game from this guy. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, get, get your asses up. Get the fuck up. Right, 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 right. So right. I, I hate to do this, you gotta go to sixers.com slash promo and enter the code RickyTix with an X. All one word, you have until midnight. Sixers.com slash promo, enter the code Ricky6. You got it? Right, Ricky Tix. Ricky Tix. Ricky Tix. Ricky Tix with an X. Um, Ricky Tix. <laughs> I can. Sixers.com slash promo. Code Ricky ticks. Yeah, they say write it, they say write it on the screen. I because I, I don't know. HTTP. Yeah. Colon. Two slashes. So before we let you go and before we let you go back and take some pictures, a, a big thing is that a lot of people cover our events and they do not say the name of the fucking podcast. So we just want you to say 
Rights to Ricky Sanchez. Rights to Ricky Sanchez. That's what the all. fuck? Okay. No one all. said that? No one, no one says it? People think it's a weird name. Rights to Ricky I don't know. I don't feel like it's weird. So they no. just say a lot of Sixers fans gathered for this random yeah, event. Yeah. Uh, but that's all we needed to hear. Okay. Man, Plus the hardwood slap, and we're good. <laughs> we thank you. Um, yes, there, I've, I've lived in this city uh, nearly my whole life. I've seen a lot of players come and go. I've never seen a player capture the, uh, the hearts of fans as quickly as you have. That's a, a testament to you, man. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Appreciate y'all, man. Appreciate everybody. God damn it. Y'all make sure y'all come out to the goddamn season, to the games. And all that shit. Make sure y'all cussing out the and, and boo Jimmy Butler. Got to boo him. <laughs> That's my boy. That's my partner. Still got to boo him though. Boo still his ass. To, you still got to boo his ass. You still got to boo him. So I appreciate y'all for real, man. For the bottom of my heart. All right, man. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Scott. That's right. So, uh, thank you! Um, you know, as you know, the lottery party is gone, but we will plan something for the same time so we can all get together again. Um, boy, Brett Brown and Mike Scott were, were awesome. Mike looks good in that jersey. That's a good looking jersey. He does. Um, we have another jersey we're gonna get him to sign. We're gonna auction it off for our charities, the Providence Animal Center and Coded by Kids. Um, this is wild, man. Um, Time after time, year after year, you guys show out, and um, I thank you. Just thank you for doing it. Give yourselves a hand. It's thank awesome. you, guys. The, um, light, the light just came on, and I just looked directly into the eyes of Lee Pavorsky. I just couldn't. I'm just staring at him. It's I crazy. asked him not to wear a suit. He's wearing a fucking suit. He's glowing. He's beautiful. <laughs> um, if you have a VIP ticket and you have a picture with Mike right afterwards, just go to the stage right. We'll line everybody up. Thank you for coming out. Thank we you, guys. We didn't do this last time. I'm sorry, Mike, in front of all these people. Are you down with TTP? Yeah. You know. Lickface. Forever.